Hello and welcome to yet another edition of Current Account Podcast. Today we have with us Mr. Alok Mishra, who heads MFIN or the industry body for microfinance institutions. He tells us how the industry has come back in complete health after the pandemic, and he is also very proud of the technological innovations that have gone into the sector. We discuss and touch upon some of the important nuances of the industry, like how and whether. JLG or the group lending model has done its course or whether this is here as a model to really stay. He's also very confident that upcoming elections in a lot of states and the country should not hamper the customer behavior and their repayment abilities in the segment. Welcome to the show, Mr. Mishra. It's fabulous to have you. And I think we're having this conversation at a time when people are talking about a rebound in uh, the MFI space. It's also reflecting in the numbers to a large extent. We've seen how on a month-on-month, juxtaposted against YOY numbers as well, there is a strong sense of growth which is coming back to the sector. There is an appetite for taking over some of the bad loans as well. And that is also helping companies uh, redo or, or make their balance sheets look a lot more neater today versus where it was a year back. In, in our podcast, sir, let's focus on two things. One, in your view, what are the two, three important things that MFIs must do at this juncture as they reinvent themselves in the market against two propositions. One is competition, which is only increasing with respect to what they're getting from banks. I would not go much onto the SMB side. And other is also with respect to customers. Today, an, a, a microfinance customer uh, can post herself or her family as something, someone eligible for unsecured loan, personal lines of lending, etc. Against that, how do MFIs continue to proliferate in the way that they did up until a couple of years back? And remain relevant okay thank you uh, i think your question has two basic parts one is about about competition and second is about what changes uh, do, is needed to survive yes so let me uh, begin by saying that uh, i don't agree to the term reinvent i would say the better word to use or phrase to use will be adapt to change which happens mm-hmm. in the ecosystem and that is nothing new that has been happening since uh, last 15 years on the second part of you when you said that about competition well uh, if you would have seen the data of uh, microfinance uh, the currently microfinance operates in i think uh, 634 635 districts sorry to say uh, 635 districts and in india we have some 700 odd districts so other than a few pockets uh, uh, microfinance is present everywhere so the presence is already deep and in top 300 uh, districts if you see out of that uh, there would be nearly 20 regulated entities uh, i w- i would not count societies trust ngos and all those things i'm only talking about nbfc mfis banks small finance banks okay so there would be 20 players so there, i said there is enough reach and people have learned uh, that how to survive in a competitive market because uh, as an sro our belief is that more competition better it is because ultimately the client wins in case of higher competition fair enough 
but for nbfc mfi because when i talk about microfinance sector i talk about the entire gamut of players who are regulated banks sfbs and nbfc mfi yes and i uh, as you will recall that we see that uh, the banks major bank like bandhan bank emerged out of an nbfc mfi eight of small finance banks have gone out of nbfc mfi and they are also the sfbs are also our members associate members so we see the sector as a whole and there is enough understanding within the sector uh, that while competition on products pricing and all that is fine but on mm. essential practices the sector has to remain together the basic tenets have to be followed and the rbi regulation which came in last year has further made it uh, uh, clear that now the regulation has moved from entity specific to being a asset class specific so all are governed by same regulations Yes. The code of conduct uh, which we have redrawn after the RBI regulation that also includes everybody, and we expect every member of us, whether it is a bank, SFB, or NBFC, MFI, has to sign and adhere to it. So I am not worried about the competition part of it. There is enough headroom available, and why I say so? Despite presence in six thirty-five districts, there is enough potential in many districts, hundreds of districts available. Okay. Uh, so in 635 districts also the total demand which has been estimated by us is currently around 13 lakh crore while the sector serves only currently all regulated entities put together 3 lakh crore so enough depth is there enough width is there uh as you uh, as you mentioned there are three categories that you're dealing with uh nbfc mfis sfbs and banks uh we've seen the share of banks uh largely increase uh from 2017 to now if we are to take the tables are tilting towards banks uh, do you think that the banking model of mfi is a more sustainable one because they have the flexibility with respect to pricing i wouldn't say the pricing low certainly not but they can be a lot more competitive in terms of pricing if they want to uh because most of them are uh, uh, a and above rated their access to money is also a lot more wide compared to what a pure play nbfc mfi is witnessing so how do you see the territory change that's one part the second part is jlg model i would want to presume it's sort of run its life what is your comments on that number one when you said about uh, banks having flexibility in pricing uh, yeah. even the nbfc mfis have the flexibility in pricing second point which you said that uh, if they are a rated uh, they will get uh, funds at a lower cost that is not the reason because uh, their fund pool out of bonds and debentures and public issues is much less and yes. majority 75% of or 80% of fund flow comes from their Banks bulk ret- uh, not retail deposits okay so but despite having a lower cost of fund because of other factors and all that their rates have remained similar to microfinance institutions so there is no rate advantage and now nbfc mfis also have the flexibility to charge higher interest rate so means uh, risk based interest rates yes uh, now in this in the other other co- embedded question in your question was that you see that the banks share has gone up you said that and what how do i see that well this all depends on situations it changes from uh, year to year if i talk about december 2022 figure nbfc mfis have the highest share now of 38.6% and banks yes. have gone to second position with 35% so this keeps on changing and uh, what it will emerge out of future because while banks have the financial resources to lend 
the I feel the attitudinal skills, the core competence of NBFC MFI, their field-based models, there this being their primary business uh, for banks, this is one of the business, not the main business. Right. So there are so many factors which will play out. Uh, uh, so to presume that what is more suited in the model, but that will we'll see with the future. But at present, it keeps on changing. As I okay. said, in December 22, uh, figure if I see, then the NBFC MFIs have the higher share of 38%. Now How your do second you see it in the long run, Batsa? I have no views on that because uh, the ecosystem uh, keeps on changing and uh, we'll see what it happens. Because uh, uh, if you see 2016, 2015, NBFC MFIs were the sole players yes. in microcredit market. You come 2018, banks started entering, NBFCs also started entering. Come 20, the banks had a better share uh, by marginal 1%, 100 basis points or more. Uh, but come December 2022, NBFC is higher. So yes. in such a closely great market, I think it is not, uh, uh, it would be an astrological thing to say that what it will happen in five years. Okay. But whatever will happen, I feel the market is enough and it will be good for the customer. Good. Now on the second part, uh, you asked about, uh, uh, I am not sure about your presumption. How, where did you draw this presumption of JLG? I think uh, because of COVID, uh, because the meetings and all that had to be uh, done digitally and there was loss of connect uh, in between for last one and a half years, it was uh, a difficult situation. It has the group, I would not be, uh, what should I say, hiding things, but I would say that the group discipline has taken a beating. But let me tell you, all the leaders of the sector, when they talk to us, when we talk to them, they understand that group discipline is a sine qua non of uh, microfinance sector. We have to bring it back. And we are trying to see and discuss with all the CEOs, how do we ensure that the group discipline going back to the center starts as early as possible? Uh, because if the attendance earlier used to be 95%, if it has dipped to 60, 65%, we again need to ramp it up. The sector will try its best in coming months and years, you will see, to bring back the JLG concept. So I don't agree with the presumption that JLG concept is dead. I wouldn't say dead, but I, I wanted to think that it's run its course, largely because uh, there are other institutions as well today which can uh, uh, pander to the same customer segment. But for example? For, for example, which, uh, le uh, let's take a case of a SFB. Uh, yeah. SFB need not look at the borrower or the family, especially now with the Why? guidelines having changed. Why? Uh, no, only from a micro... Micro loan, SFB also, that's what I'm saying. It is, I'm yes. talking about micro loans only. Any loan uh, which is given to a household with an annual household income of 3 lakh or less, yes. following the repayment obligation norm of 50% of annual household income and collateral free, that is microfinance. Micro loan. So, I'm, so, so uh, when we are talking about JLG, we are talking about this segment only. What makes this JLG model in that case so unique? And, and why is the industry continuing to follow? I mean, what are the three, four highlights of the JLG model and why it will stand the test of time forever? Yeah. First, uh, <clears throat> because uh, when you form a homogeneous group of people mm. uh, and when you are trying to collect information about livelihoods and all that, not everything is on paper. And when it's a homogeneous goes, the data triangulation happens to other members also. If I say I have this, and when you are with a group, uh, and with the group, every member knows your livelihood and all that, it is difficult for you to say something than what you are. So there is a self-check there, self-selection there. Uh, so that triangulates the data. Second, 
hint because these are small loans and they are uh, bottom of pyramid people sometimes if somebody has some illness in the family or something like that somebody is not able to pay being collateral free the other group members through the joint liability come in and pinch in for maybe uh, pitch in for maybe for one week or two weeks when she is not able to repay that or it comes back third is when the women enterprises at village level uh, at even at local levels develop uh, they often need mutual support and mm. it is uh, and and these group meetings provide a platform for these women members to have a joint mutual support wherein everybody holds each other's hand and tries to go through tough times finally another aspect is when we try to deliver certain programs like credit plus things like financial literacy digital literacy some health related awareness like in times of covid it is always mm. easier to give it through the group okay and uh, one more thing with respect to mfi i remember uh, i've tracked the sector as an analyst as well so every time we went closer to uh, elections uh, there used to be some promises made on uh, uh, collection from farmers uh, under under privileged sector segments so on and that hampered the uh the collection efficiencies of uh, the segment as well on a total uh, basis um with a lot of education having happened into your customer bases i mean uh, the the uh, uh the bottom of pyramid bases are we seeing that uh, improvement and i'm asking this because uh in in a couple of more months we would be getting into a lot of elections uh, on the state as well as on the center level possibly next year so are you seeing that underlying discipline also improve among uh, your borrowers well uh, let me tell one thing to you very categorically that uh, since uh, last 6 7 years uh, we have not seen any election related announcement maybe some local level few mm. things would have happened Uh, and that is primarily driven by if you see last year or i think a year and a half back uh, finance minister had categorically told that the government is against any scheme of loan waivers yes uh, and and that being the mindset of the ruling government uh, we have not seen any such thing in last 7 to 8 years and uh, when you say about uh, about customer education and uh, when we tell them that don't uh, spoil your credit bureau score later on it will be difficult for you to get into uh, formal credit system uh, i think uh, we remain that we have prepared the ground underneath also but policy has also been uh, very supportive with not uh, going for waiver anywhere and the government has been very uh, categorical about it but if it happens uh, we hope we are better prepared but uh, i don't think i don't see a chance in near future of it happening some local uh, level uh, elements might say something like that but i think from mainstream thinking of political discourse this loan waiver at least of microfinance and all those farmers and all that is not a not a thing which i foresee fair enough let's just uh, wrap it up with uh, one last discussion in that case sir um where i mean uh, you you've given me uh, in terms of numbers how you see the growth etc um we've had a little bit of stagnancy in terms of the number of companies getting into the industry vis-a-vis what used to be the appetite about uh, half a decade back 
do you believe that this business mfi as a product line and mfi as a standalone business will continue to attract capital will continue to attract newer names enter the market and with that sort of a progression what is the change that you foresee on the business side adoption of technology and so on adoption of technology is a separate question adoption of technology is happening even now the level of technology which the sector has adopted right from client onboarding to cash uh, to uh, bank account disbursement and repayment collection i think uh, not there is not much scope left uh, for uh, any more technological adoption a little bit of data based analytics if the data becomes available that will be the second layer of it okay. so technology is completely a divorced aspect from this the yes. uh, the sector which is at present has adopted technology as much as possible each okay. step has been taken into account on the entry of new players uh, you see as uh, the days progress uh, the licensing norms the capital requirement the ability to attract capital that is becoming a little uh, higher and and of course that impedes the entry of new players for example uh, if suppose today earlier uh, maybe uh, above 200 crores or 300 crores uh, banks would consider that worthable uh, to lend and all that but now this it has got maybe a little got moved away it to further maybe 500 maybe 750 crores so the i see that uh, in last 3 4 years what we have seen is that for institutions below a particular size it become it is becoming difficult uh, uh, to what you can say access debt and equity mm. because first mm. you have to access equity then debt and we are trying to ease it because we feel that very integral part of the system because as new players come more innovation can come in more local level touch can come in and it should the entry barrier it should should not become higher okay. and people should grow so mm. for that uh, let me tell you that uh, we have been in discussions with uh, sidbi that india microfinance equity funds should be progressively used to provide equity to the smaller players okay. and once that equity flow starts then they can leverage debt but currently while i agree that market is tight but i hope it will improve with our efforts and with the effort of the public policy and more and more institutions will get into it fair enough you briefly touched upon the scope of innovation where do you expect this should happen and what are the two three important aspects you believe where uh, companies whoever in whichever form that they exist in the space need to innovate sir i think uh, the innovations uh, uh, because see in technology lot of innovations have already happened it has become standardized okay uh, in terms of pricing i already told you uh, with mm. uh, due course of time innovations will happen mm. uh, and uh, the other innovation when we try to have this uh, more livelihood based data based on regions and all that and as the digital journey of india continues and we start having more digital footprints maybe the alternate models of scoring mm. uh, credit scoring digital profiling that that innovation will step in so mm. innovation is happening uh, innovation is happening but we also have to be sure that in the in the lure of innovation we don't dilute the basics of microfinance yes that's a good point you made thank you so much for joining in sir thanks a lot thank you